Good evening and welcome to Success in the City. My name is Helen Webster and I'm with the lovely Sandra Scott and our guest today is the fabulous Mark Carr, photographer. Amazing. Thank you, Mark, for giving your time up and joining us this evening. Um, and we're dead excited to find out more and more about your life and experiences as we go along. But first, we have a shout out to the kids. So any little people who've done amazing things um, this week. So, San, have you got any little people, anything that you want to talk yeah, about? I do, really. Um, all the guys who've, um, the little people who've been on the hour for all the summer school, who've been brilliantly. And they've yesterday they did out this big garden um, and it was over in Nosley where they have the um, the Alchemist Kitchen where they do the food. Remember, we met the lady, she was really nice. And they did loads of digging and everything and planted loads of stuff. And they worked, really, but they just loved it and enjoyed it. And they finish tomorrow and they're having a walk over to Hillbury Island and everything. So that's really exciting. Um, and I, I wanted to, I can't go because it's me mum's 75th tomorrow. But um, yeah, so that was shout out to all of them because they've been lovely and just brilliant kids and got so much out of it. And they're so well behaved as well and so appreciative. And then a shout out that are 200 children who have arrived unaccompanied either separated from parents or orphans from Afghanistan to our city uh, today and yesterday. And they are currently um, staying in various accommodation throughout the city, hotels, Airbnb, etc., all funded by the charity um, Care for Calais. So they're a charity that look after refugees. So these children have got no adults with them. And I cannot imagine coming over from Afghanistan, no. even completely different terrain, buildings, a war-torn country, or you've, you've clung to your parents or you've lost them, whatever, with nobody and just come over. It must be just shocking. It's beyond, um, it's beyond our comprehension. That, it is it? beyond our comprehension and just a massive, massive shout-out for those children. Yeah. And we had an amazing guest, didn't we, last two weeks ago, three weeks ago, um, Phil, who's a foster kid, and he was talking about yeah. it, and, um, and he was explaining that, you know, these people, these children are picked up and moved to different places, you know, and they understand the country and, and where we live, don't we? So for the little people coming over who, you know, um, so massive, massive shout out to them, and, uh, you know, we have got an amazing city to be able to accommodate yeah. those little people coming over, haven't we, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, any little people that you want to shout out to, Mark? Is there any youngsters? Mm -hmm. No, I'm, I've been busy with my head down all week. I don't think I've seen fresh air, never mind any little people. Right. So I'm going to give a shout out to all of the little people of Leamington. So Leamington have had um, Triple C, which is a church group of put... Um, um, a, a, a summer camp on and it's just been amazing so um it's it's week four um and it's the last one tomorrow and there's a little boy there who's he's six and the first two weeks he was a little bit sad you know because he he was like i want me mum you know as we come to break time so we were having snack time where you'd have a drink and a little snack and so he because he wasn't active he got a little bit upset you know and then you'd say oh no we're only here for a little bit longer and then we're gonna play and then he was great and last week, and I gave him a little thumbs up, I was like, you're okay. And then last week he ran up to me and he just, at snack time, and he just put two thumbs up and then ran off to play as if to say, I'm okay today. And then today when I went in, he come running over. So I come in, he was playing footy and he come running over, hugged me leg, gave me a thumbs up and then ran back to play footy. And I was like, oh, how cute is that? And he's just, so yeah, so they're all having an amazing time. And there's been lots and lots of summer camps out there. Um, and they've been feeding the kids and taking them on amazing adventures. And Autism in Motion yesterday had alpacas, sheep, goats, chickens, guinea pigs, rabbits, or tortoise. Um, and all the kids were like um, playing. So when it turns up to to, to teach, um, there's alpacas in the front, which is amazing, isn't it? So, so they're all doing a boss things that they, you know they wouldn't get the chance to do. So massive shout out to all them. Brilliant. Well, never happens in our day, that, it? No, I've never seen an alpaca before. And then, it, and then, do you know what? They are super, super cute alpacas. So, but they have to come in pairs, Sam. So we have to get two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Sam. A success for you this week. What successful thing has happened to you? Loads. Um, I've had a good week, so a really good week. Um, I've done loads of packing because I'm mm. moving next week, so that's cool. I'm quite pleased with what I've done already. I've made a good progress and carrying on. Done loads of work for the programme I'm writing for the school for Chatterfit, so that's great, the German one. 
Um, and I've just made a chili with the vegan burgers that I've Brilliant. used since dad. And it tastes really nice because it was always wary of stuff like that. So I'm quite pleased. So that was quite good as well. And I've successfully now, with the help of young Emmett today, painted three chairs for the office. So we've just got three to do. Three turquoise, three blue. And then when the seats are covered. And I'm really pleased with how they've come. And I did all the tables, didn't I, last week? So I made up with that. So that's good. Although I am covered in paint. <laughs> Brilliant. Well done. Well done. Mark, what amazing successes have you had this week? It's going to be our allotment. I've been uh, we've actually had a we've had a bit of a harvest off the allotment. This is uh, to be <laughs> fair, we this is a bit we, of a sore subject. Exactly. I know, yeah. We 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 kind of we kind of forgotten it as well. We haven't really been looking after it. And then uh, we went up there the other day and we've we've got a, a we had a bumper crop, so uh, yeah, Ooh. we had a nice nice meal the other day with all the veg off. How lovely. Broad beans, sweet corn, onions, beetroots, all sorts of stuff. Ah, you know when so, you said you left it for a few days, out for a bit, how long had you left it for? Probably about, well, probably about 40 days. <laughs> it, was, it was a bit like a biblical, biblical coming back, to be honest. <laughs> and did you not get a letter from the committee? <laughs> not get a letter from the committee. <laughs> that's probably what, that's what the mailbox must be full of. I wonder what it was. I thought it was junk mail, but uh, yeah, we kind of we hacked our way through, and there's there's tons of stuff. So yeah, that was your allotment in Waterloo. Yeah, up in up, up in up in Liverland area, but then the one in, we've got some in the garden as well. So the greenhouse has been yielding uh, tomatoes and uh, strawberries, which uh, have kind of been left to their own devices as well. <laughs> to be honest, brilliant. And did did they taste totally different, Mark? Uh, well, it's like, I think it's in your head some, sometimes, but yeah, it, it is good, wow. isn't it? If it's, it's, it, I think it's the smug satisfaction you get from cooking your own yeah. vegetables. Whatever it yeah. tastes better, I'm not convinced. My brother it's... gave me a cauliflower. It tasted like no other cauliflower. Yeah. It was the nicest cauliflower I've ever had. It was just yeah. Lovely. Well, I've just I've just literally dug up a little crop of uh, potatoes, so I'm looking forward to having those. They look they look absolutely lush. And I think that they don't, I don't think there's any calories if you grow your own. No, there isn't. That's right. Sorry. That's the same as chocolate. Exactly. <laughs> Although my chocolate plant's been rubbish this year. <laughs> <laughs> so successes this week, we've had um, amazing summer camps, you know, um, for all of them. We've had, um, we've, we've worked with some amazing um, charities and community groups over the summer holidays. Um and it's just lovely, lovely to, you know, to be out and about again. And a uh, massive success was that um, me and my dad went to the tennis on yeah. Thursday. And um, our very own Beth, um, who, who's from Liverpool, um, actually won. So she, she won the singles, which was great. And then she won the mixed doubles as well. Um, and it was lovely because I used to play with it, with their big sister. Um, and I've played with Beth and, and her other sister, uh, Amy. And it was great to see them both playing. Um and yeah, they're just lovely, lovely girls, you know, and it was a great event and it was just nice to have an event back in the city, you know, sporting events. It's just great to have things back in. And it's the 20th year next year. So um, the tennis I've never, ever been because it used to be in Coldies, didn't it? Yeah. So, so next year we're, we're going to have a corporate table next year. I decided when I was sat there, I thought that's it. Yeah, yeah. OK, so Mark is with us tonight and we're going to play this or that. So Sandra will ask you and I, Mark, I will ask you and Sandra this or that. Okay. Sandra, you're going first or am I going first? No, you can. Okay. Because Mark's on the show and he's a photographer. Okay. Black and white or colour oh, photos? That's one of mine. Easy. Black oh, and white. Sorry. Oh, Easy. black and white? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Old school. Black and white. What about you, Sam? Overall colour, although I do love some black and white. I love photography, actually. I love looking at photographs. Don't, 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 don't hedge your bets there, Sandra. <laughs> I love, I love um, photography, you know, I really do. And I, I like some black and white and how it picks things out, but overall colour, definitely. What about mm. you, Alan? Um, I think the mood of a black and white photograph is amazing. And, and one of Mark's... One of, one of the photographs that Mark took is one of the my favourite photographs that I've ever, ever seen. And, and I keep on harping on about it. Um, and we, we'll find out a little bit more about that later. Um, but 
I think black and white is really sort of like the, there's atmosphere, but I am a massively colourful person as well, so I do like colourful. But no, I think I'd probably go black and white. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, go on, Sam, what's yours? Um, okay, modern digital camera or old-fashioned SLR shutter speed oh, jockey? Modern digital. There you oh. go. Modern Ooh. digital, definitely the way of the world. Um, although I know there's a bit of a move back to old school. People are playing around with film, a bit like going back to records and CDs and tapes. Yeah. Um, those of us who remember vinyl the first time around. We've but, gone uh, vinyl office only in our office, Mark. We've gone uh, yeah, vinyl only. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, um, I, 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 I just like digital. It's my job at the end of the day, so it's the speed that you work with digital. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not easier. That's a, that's a lie. That's a myth. Real, the rules of physics and photography haven't changed. It's just a different tool. But, um, yeah, no, stick to, stick to digital for me. What about you, Sam? Um, I used to love developing my own, film, my own photos, and that. I used to do black and white and everything. Yeah, when Did I you? Yeah, yeah. When my uncle was really into photography and he had a dark room, and um, when I went to uni at the first time, only full poly as it was, um, one of the modules in the first term we did was uh, photography. I only did it for a term, but I really, really enjoyed it and everything. But it's dead easy now to get a really good photo, and and I love taking photos. But I love looking at photos, and some of Mark's photos for me are on another level. They're just superb, and I really enjoy looking at those so um probably but there's did. nothing like when you were on your holidays and you used to come home and then you used to send your film off and then you'd get 24 <laughs> shots and 16 of them used to have that label stuck on them didn't he saying don't wobble the camera yeah. and the, the other eight had an orange line down the side yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, it was yeah. that exciting, wasn't it, to get that that yeah, pack yeah. of that's the bit that I miss is getting that pack of photographs and flipping through them and having three that you think, oh, they and all the heads were chopped off or something like yeah, that. Well, <laughs> you'd have 24 done and have one that you thought was decent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right now, you know, it's brilliant. Yeah. Okay, your next one, Helen. Okay. So Mark used to live in the Lake District. Okay. Ooh. Umbrella or walking in the rain? Oh, walking in the rain every day. Every day. Umbrella. I'm 100% with passive. Mark there. Yeah. yeah. Umbrellas get out in the rain, yeah. Completely unpractical, and um, and it used to make me laugh when I lived in the latest because a lot of the people had arrived from Surrey with their matching uh, brand new cagoules and walking sticks, and they'd uh, they'd spend twenty minutes in the car park, which would have cost them about ten quid just for twenty minutes, mm -hmm. and then they'd set off the fifty yards on tarmac to the car to the cafe, and then they go back again. <laughs> it's just, no, 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 no. Get wet. What about you, son? I'm not a lover of the rain. You okay. know that because of your hair. Yeah, well, it's all right like this. If, if it was raining, I'd think, well, I'd just leave it. And then if it gets wet, it makes no odds. That's fine. Mm. Um, but I'd, if I get my hair blown, I don't. And anyone who's got curly hair, if they get the hair blown, they don't like the rain because yeah. it just makes it go frizzy or whatever. That's why my know. hair's grey now because all the colours washed out of it. No, it is. <laughs> um, no, I'm not really. So, um, okay. Go on, son. Alpaca, alpaca or guinea pig? Oh, absolutely, really? absolutely, without a doubt, alpaca. Yeah, alpaca. One of my, my favourite animals, next only to a donkey and a leopard. Ooh. So. A donkey. Well, alpacas have got the most beautiful eyelashes, which I found out yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And llamas, they're nice too. <clears throat> What would you go, son? I'd go alpaca, yeah. Oh, alpaca, guinea pigs should be illegal, a part of the Rogan family, you know how I feel about them. Nothing, nothing that resembles a rodent in any Oh, they are they cute, though? No, I was disgusted. The borderline guinea pigs, aren't they? But the, it's the new, ooh. When I saw the photos of all the animals that you put on Facebook, I was like, no, guinea pigs, why bother? You've got alpacas there. Who choose who chose the guinea pig over the alpaca? Yeah. You know, oh, so what little that. girl Holly was just loving the, the guinea pigs and she just wants one now. And then it ate her top. Probably <laughs> <laughs> I think they're dreadful, honestly. I just hate rodents of any kind. <laughs> Not to be negative. Phil says, no. Hi Mark. Oh, hi Phil. <laughs> um, so is it me? Yeah. Okay. Um my last one, okay. 
um, speedboat or rowing boat on the lake? Uh, speedboat. I used to have one on the lake. So it would be really? hypocritical, even though I had a canoe as well. But uh, speedboat, great fun. Speedboat. Yeah. What would you go, Sam? Now you're a water baby. <laughs> even when you say canoe then, even then I thought, ooh. <laughs> how peaceful, how flat was the lake? How calm was it? Very calm lake, nice. Windermere is quite calm, isn't it? Uh, it can be very rough. If you get, a southerly, get, a, southerly, get a southerly wind on it, it can have a few mm. white horses on. Okay. Um, but yeah. if it's not calm and flat. Yeah, go. I'd go speedboat as well. Water skiing from the back of it. <laughs> Honestly, I used to I used to take the canoe out on a Friday night after work to uh, work up the appetite for a beer, and that was fun in an evening. But for just for sheer fun was when we could use the speedboat before they put the ban on. You know, Marty Sang took us out the other week, didn't he? On yeah. Yeah, but dark, and I'm like not good with water at all. And it was just the best experience. I just loved it so much. It was really good, especially of an evening. Something to yeah, do. Yeah, it, it is. It's the lights and everything. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, exactly. It was just beautiful, and we could see all the buildings and the Albert Dark. It was just amazing. Yeah, it was lovely, wasn't it? Okay, then. Last one. Right, because I know you've been to so many beautiful restaurants because of the job you do, which we'll speak about shortly. Um, oat cuisine or a sausage pie dinner? Oh, no, that's a nightmare, isn't it? <laughs> that's, just, that's just impossible. You left a hard one. Um, I always say, whenever I get asked about favourite restaurants, I always say it depends who you're with and the mood you're in because uh, I've got a favourite restaurant. But I've also got my favourite place of all. If, I, if it was a death meal, I'd be going to the Sun Cafe in Hawkshead to my mate, uh, and he does his hot roast beef butty and a cup oh. of tea, and you can't go wrong. Homemade bread. Oh. And he's a scouser too, so he's not too bad. Apart from being a blue, everything else is perfect. <laughs> so I think it would, I suppose at the end of the day, yeah, it'd have to be, it'd have to be the cafe. Forget the fancy food. What about you, Helen? Um, so I, I think a bit the same as Mark, you know, it's lovely to get dressed up and go out to all the lovely restaurants, but there's nothing like, I mean, not that I eat sausages anymore, but a sausage dinner is just like, it. it's like a little hug, isn't it? You know, if it's a bit yeah. rainy and it's a bit rubbish, sausage dinner, it's a little squeeze, isn't it? It gives you like a little, what about you? Um, so I probably like, um, cuisine, but also, like Mark was saying that, when I used to come up from London, when I lived down south, I used to always go to Steve's Chippy in Egbeth and get yes, um, yeah. fish, chips and onion gravy. Or fish, mm. chips and onion gravy. Absolutely lovely. I used to love mm. it. Um, but I don't have much of that anymore. But um, yeah. if I had to choose, as you say, it's exactly the mood, I'd, I would choose a restaurant now between the two of them. Yeah, because you haven't been out for a while. Mm. As well, isn't it? Yes. So now we know a little bit about Mark's choice about this or that. Um, we're now going to find out all about Mark, of how his life turned upside down and back to front um, years ago. Um, so go on, Sam, you can introduce Mark. We both okay. know Mark, but you can introduce him. We both know Mark. and we, I think we've both known him at the same time, haven't we? Which is unusual for both of us. I think so. Us. Yeah, we are. So Mark is a, you're a specialist photographer, aren't you? Yeah, and I think so. You are, which I'll let you explain shortly. And we're both very excited because we're going on a course that you're doing, which we'll talk about later as well. Yeah. Um, so would you like to explain to our uh, viewers and listeners just what type of photographer you actually are? Uh, well, I'm, I'm classed as a commercial photographer, so I don't, I don't do weddings and I don't do christenings and that kind of stuff. I do purely photography for business, uh, apart from the odd exception for friends and stuff. And I've been doing it for nearly 20 years now. Um, so, but I'm, I suppose I'm best known for hospitality photography. So food, drink, hotel bars, restaurants, hotel, tourism attractions, that kind of stuff. I don't do fashion and things like that. Um, so, yeah, so I've been very lucky and I'm kind of a specialist in food photography. That's what I'd like to think I am, although you learn every day on this job. Um, so that's what I do. But I started as, when I got into photography, originally my first specialism was forensic stuff. Um, so uh, Which is amazing, isn't it? Because that's an <clears throat> unusual... So tell us how you got into the forensic. 
Well, I started, I started life as a solicitor, as a criminal solicitor in initially in Liverpool, but then later between Liverpool and Manchester. Did that for 15, 16 years with a big firm, heads up a serious crime department. And then I walked out of that job in 2002 and set up the photography business. But at the time I was doing my own court case photography. So I couldn't get photographers to do what I needed. So I set up a little business doing court case, criminal photography, crime scene reconstructions, accident reconstructions. And it was just when digital was coming in from film. So I was lucky I was in the right place, right time. And there was quite a lot of work to be had. And I managed to qualify um, with a national body. So I, at the time, I was the only person in the UK that had this qualification, um, apart from the police photographers. So I used to get all sorts of weird inquiries from newspapers and people doing research into previous cases and all sorts of stuff. It's good fun for a couple of years. Um, but yeah, I've been lucky. I've been sidestepped into food photography and I love it. I love the hospitality sector. It's just the best industry around for looking after each other. And they've had such a hard time in the last 18 months. Yeah. So it's good to see them coming back out of it. So where's the where's the most um because I know you've you've photographed restaurants and food and stuff um all around the world, haven't you? You know you've been you've been fortunate yeah, Europe, anyway. Or Europe, yeah. So, so where's your favourite place that you've been to photograph? Uh I would probably say there's a restaurant in Girona called El, El Cella de Can Roca. Uh it's regarded as one of the best in the world. It goes up and down, it's always in the top two or three. Uh, and I was lucky to go out with a, a company that was doing a feature on, the, on them and they brought me in to do the photography and some video work and we got to spend uh, an amazing day with the, with the chef there and we got treated like royalty. So that was pretty impressive and it looked stunning, the food, and it didn't taste half bad either. Amazing. Uh, but I've been lucky. I've been, I've been to lots of different places, as I said before. So, But I think that one, and my other one, in this country, without a doubt, head and shoulders above everywhere, would be Raymond Blanc's restaurants, but I didn't actually, I wasn't really photographing there. I was invited by a client to go there uh, as their guest on a project I was working on and met Raymond and so on. And that was fantastic. Yeah. Manuel is Cassizon, yeah. And uh, funny enough, the head chef there is a, he's a scouser, Gary Jones. Brilliant chef. Brilliant, Brilliant chef. It's quite yeah, a lot that's... of um, scouse chefs about, isn't there? You know, there's the guy from Luban and stuff, isn't there as well? Yeah, you know, there's yeah, quite yeah, a few yeah, yeah. top uh, guys, isn't there? You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're so, what's in the, the um, what's the most um, unusual thing that you photographed, food-wise? Let's stick with I'm the food. Say, I was going to go back to my forensic day. I probably wouldn't be able to tell you on the radio. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, food-wise, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think. I think the most unusual job I ever did was photographing white dishcloths on a white backdrop for Ooh. a company that was selling dishcloths. I mean, that's about as exciting as it gets. Um, <laughs> that was a particularly unusual and challenging job. Um, but I, I don't know. I've, I've done lots of unusual things. I've, I've photographed unusual recipes and stuff like that. But, but yeah, it's every day is different. Every day. And, Mark, do you get to eat the food you photograph? I, well, of course, if you could see me on camera, you'd know the answer to that. The answer is clearly yes. <laughs> um, yeah. In fact, I was, I was telling somebody yesterday, it sounds glamorous, it sounds fantastic, but uh, a few years ago, uh, it's the only time I've ever had to cancel a job. I wasn't very well, let's put it that way. and I wouldn't have been able to go into the kitchen, so I, I had to delay by 36 hours. Mm -hmm. And I went in as soon as I could because it was already overdue, the job. And uh, it was a Thai restaurant, so I won't name it because it's not too far from here, but it's in the northwest. And um, they were a fantastic restaurant, and we were photographing all the dishes, and we started at half past nine in the morning with Thai red curry, and then we did chicken satay, and then we did mm. green curry, and then we did coconut ice cream. Uh, but they insisted I ate every dish. <laughs> and, I mean, it would have been bad enough if it had been in the order of a meal, but to go from sort of curry to ice cream and back to curry and then to satay yeah. chicken and, and then on to pineapple or whatever, it was just just nightmarish it was a very 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 long day i was glad to get home yeah. so part of your um 
what's the um, the charity mark that you're involved with, with to, to do with the chefs and the um, hospitality, hospitality action? Yeah, I, I, yeah, hospitality action is an amazing charity. Been been around for a long, 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 long time, way back to the 19th century, uh, and they support everybody in the hospitality sector. And it's one of those industries that everyone thinks, oh, it's great, you know, everyone's there and everyone's having a good time. Well, they're not behind the scenes. You know, it's like a theatre. They have to put on a face, whatever's happening at home, and do the job. And, and sadly, particularly when people fall on hard times, um, you know, your friends are working antisocial hours generally, so you can yeah. be very lonely very quickly. Mm. Um, and addiction is a, is a problem, but also homelessness, mental illness, um, and it's terribly sad that an industry that spends uh, staff that spends so much time giving everybody else a good time can yeah. get left behind. And hospitality action makes sure they don't. So they're really? a brilliant charity to support. And I do a tiny, tiny bit. I just do some photography for them and support their events. Uh, there's some chefs out there that do phenomenal amounts of work to help that charity, so that everyone. Right, just it's been a particularly difficult time for them as well, oh, hasn't yeah. it? With everything going on the hospital hospitality industry is just taken the most dreadful dreadful knock yeah last uh, year and a half and so you know so yeah and from the charity's point of view it's been terribly sad because at the time when they needed to give the most to people when everyone was having a bad time of course they'd lost all their fundraising activities yeah. because hotels bars restaurants were cancelling events right left and center so so they've had a double hit at both ends of their balance sheets it's been mm. very 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 difficult for them but they'll survive. They're coming back. I've seen that there's a, another event coming up in November and, and so on. So they're back on their feet, which is great. Brilliant. And it's lovely that the hospitality sector is open and things are opening now and people are starting to get on about a bit more, which is uh, which is great to see, isn't it? Because, we, you know, we love the fact that the hospitality sector is uh, open again, isn't it? You know, it's yeah, amazing. Absolutely. Especially in this city. Definitely. Definitely. So we had lockdown, Mark, and... The first day of lockdown, um, what happened to you? I took a lot, of phone, call. took a lot of phone calls yeah. <laughs> from people cancelling. Down, in fact. It, yeah. You started the first of the January before the lockdown, didn't you? Yeah. It, it, so, yeah, I started a project in 2020. Um, I thought 2020 is a kind of phrase for perfect vision. So as we came up to 2020, I thought, I'm going to take a photograph every single day. Uh, I'm not going to use the fancy kit and all the rest of it. I'm just going to take a little square photograph with a fairly basic camera. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to take it square like an Instagram picture. And I'm going to do it black and white because I've already said I like black and white photographs. And there's a bit of a story of black and white photographs. And the idea was I was going to record every day what I was doing. Just, just one shot to record the day. Um, and, of course, little did I know what was going to happen in yeah. February, March of 2020. So that one day uh, photograph became a bit of a record of what happened in lockdown. So um, I was still out and about during lockdown most of the time. Sometimes I was stuck in the garden, but it was just a photograph of wherever I was, whatever I was doing. Um, some of them were significant in the in the scheme of things and some of them were very insignificant. Uh, but, you know, it's tough for everybody. And it's the kind of thing that's ended up recording. Uh, something that we'll look back on in schools 20 years time ago. Do, oh, do you remember? Do you remember lockdown? Um, yeah, so it's, it's historic, isn't it? Yeah, so I've got pictures of people queuing for bread and queuing for spaghetti, and you know the stickers that were on the floor telling store be apart. They've all gone now. All those kind of things. Very and, um, very mundane. You put them on your on your the Vardu page, didn't you? Which is your business page as yeah, well. Yeah, they're, they're on they're on the website. Uh, they're still there. You can search from by day, um, and there's 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 no real captions on them at the moment. We are looking at doing a book. Uh, I'm in discussions with somebody at the moment yeah. about doing a book of them, um, but they're they're personal to me. But equally, everyone else has got their own memories. So it's, if you get a chance to come and have a look at them, uh, I know you like one or two of them, Helen. Um, so and, my my favourite photograph was the two people in the Albert Dock. Um, so I think. It was just on. as lockdown. Yeah, so there's two people in the Albert Dock. They've both got masks on. There's no other people in the Albert Dock, which is really unusual because normally, you know, if you're photographing two people, there'd be other people in the background and stuff. So it's and it's a black and white photograph. And it's for me when I saw that photograph, I thought, wow, that it, it absolutely blew me away. And I think I might I don't know whether I rang you or I told you and I said, 
that needs to be in, in a history book. You know, that needs to be in a book so that yeah. when people are looking back in years to come to say, wow, because at the time, that picture on that day represented everything that was happening. And it was just yeah. unbelievable. And, you know, when they say like pictures, you know, they move people and stuff. That one for me was like, wow, it was amazing. And to take a photograph every single day or to do anything every single day is a massive, massive commitment. And yeah. sometimes you think, you know, oh, I don't want to do it today. But you stuck to it, Mark, didn't you? You know, every single yeah. day you went out and you took yeah. that photograph. Yeah, rain, rain or snow every day. Um, and it was, yeah, it was, it was, it's not the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, but it was, it was a bit of a challenge on certain occasions. Um, and that particular photograph, it was, if people remember just before we went into full lockdown, the hospitality sector was asked to voluntarily close. And a lot of businesses did close and a lot of people weren't sure what was happening. It was in the week before um, the actual formal lockdown. And I was in the Albert Dock, I've been to see a client and I was, I came out and I thought, I'll just walk back to my car on the Albert Dock. And um, I felt like an intruder. I felt like um, some sort of science fiction novel was going on. And, you know, I shouldn't be out on the street. Yeah. Uh, and I saw those two people and took that photograph. And a few minutes later, I was, I was close to the Beatles Museum and there was a guy outside just cleaning up. And they'd just been told that they were going to shut till Easter. Yeah. Uh, little, little did they know. Um, yeah. he, he commented on exactly the same. He felt he felt he was out in the street brushing up and he shouldn't be out there. It yeah. was it was the strangest, strangest feeling. It was. And for me, some of the ones you took um actually didn't show people, but they were areas that are normally extremely busy. I think you took one of the strands and there was <clears throat> it was just like there's nothing there. And of course it's in the middle of the day. It wasn't first thing in the morning or late at night. It was the yeah. middle of the day and there's nothing, not a person, not a car, anything, you know. Yeah, and every they, day I looked at them and they were, they were just really inspiring. I looked, yeah, I looked there, was, there was shots of the liver birds and, and around the pier heads. Um, and and then just streets. I remember, I remember photographing, it was Good Friday again, just after the lockdown had started. And you, you, we all know what Good Friday is like. Everyone's out going to Blackpool or Southport or whatever. And the roads were just deserted. Um, I went out for about two hours that day. I probably shouldn't have been out, but I was out for two hours photographing, and I saw two people. Yeah, that was it in the whole time. And he's just thinking, "That's weird." Um, so the, yeah, there were some good shots. My favourite was the teddy bear that was left in a left and abandoned in a warehouse uh, down on the dock road with a tie around it. That was my particular nice. favourite shot. I just thought that it was, your favourite. I don't know why, but it was. And is that because you can you can now tell us about the teddy bear shop? Is that why? <laughs> no, it wasn't particularly. But yes, I did when I was in the Lake District. I was involved with a a, a very successful teddy bear business, <coughs> selling stuff, teddy bears and collectible bears. Um, I'm going to write a book about that one day. I'll save those for the book. Um, but yeah, it was just that bear. It just looked. It was a very dark, grey, miserable, wet day, and it was just. It was as if we were sheltering in the doorway of this old brick warehouse with a tie around it and it just seemed to sum up the depression of the day the mood that everybody yeah, was in yeah yeah everyone was fed up with lockdown and didn't know what was happening and it just you know it just sums up the mood of everybody absolutely but that. you took some great ones didn't you of um locally as well you know around crosby and because because your studio is in crosby isn't it uh, waterloo it is, isn't it you know waterloo, yeah. um and you took some great photographs locally as well. They weren't all in Liverpool, were they? You know, oh, no, I think no, they were, they were wherever, wherever I was that day. So I didn't make any special journeys because we weren't allowed to. Yeah. Um, <coughs> when we went through lockdown and we had, you know, we had so it was easing in the summer, I was able to get a bit further afield. So, yeah, most of them were within walking distance or within a few minutes' drive of, of where I live and work in, in Waterloo mm -hmm. around South Road and the yeah, Marina yeah. and... You did one of the Antony Gormley statues that I just loved. That's a black and white one, and it really is. It's fantastic, yeah. Yeah. I shared a few on the page to promote that you were you coming. It's so worth having a look at the Bardu Media page. It's fantastic. And what makes a good photo, Mark, and what makes a bad one? Oh, I don't know about that. Uh, for my definition, as a commercial photographer, if the client pays me, that's usually a sign it's a bit of a decent photographer. <laughs> but I think I think it depends yeah. on. Um, I think 
this is why I like black and white. I think a good photograph tells a story, a real good one. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm I'm a hack photographer. I, I, I do it for a living. I hack around and I do whatever I'm told to do or have to do. Um, but I've just been down to the on McCullum exhibition down in Liverpool in the Tate. Mm-hmm. If anyone anyone's interested in photography, get a chance go down there. It's well worth going to see because he was you know he was a famous uh, newspaper photographer from mm-hmm. the sixties. Did lots of famous photographs from Vietnam War and all that kind of stuff. And you look at those photographs, you look at a black and white photograph, and it just emotively tells you a story. It should make you feel something. And it's the same with a portrait of a person, if you think about it. I remember in the very early days, I did a load of photographs of somebody. And um, I thought they were technically brilliant because I did in them days. I thought I was a genius. And uh, <laughs> I, I gave them all these pictures. And there was one or two I wasn't sure about, but I threw them in the, on the disc and gave them to them. And the ones they picked were the ones that I wouldn't have picked. Mm-hmm. And I asked them why. And they said it's because they saw the look or expression in someone's face that they it hit an emotional yeah. nerve with them. And that's, that's the joy sometimes because nobody really likes having their picture taken. But I think if you can get a picture that tells a story or opens opens up a story in your mind, it might even just be a... A series of questions what what what's that person doing what's all what's happening in the picture then then you've got something that was a brilliant yeah. i mean i don't i don't take many of those in the average year uh, i wish i could but that's why i love this job because you will never stop learning yeah. never ever stop learning and talking and never stop learning so um you're gonna do um you're gonna share your skills aren't you with people um, and you're sharing the skill of how to take a photograph. Um, and you're doing two courses, aren't you? So we're going to talk about the first one is just for people who've got an interest and then the other one is for businesses, isn't it? So let's talk about the first one about... Um, so my Phil's been on your course and said it was probably one of the best courses that he's ever been on. Um, and he was blown away with the fact that a photography course, you would think you would take your camera and go and take loads of photographs. Um, and, and Phil's into photography and it wasn't, it was more about the reasons and he had loads of light bulb moments going like, oh, I didn't realise that's why and stuff like that. So tell us about how the course and what the course, the aim of the course is. Um, yeah, photography is a great hobby. It goes with every other hobby I can think of. If you if you have, have model trains and it's great to take pictures of them and then you show your friends. If you, if you like walking mountains, it's brilliant to record where you've been. So it goes with everything. And and I've been on photography courses um, and I felt like I was an idiot uh, and I felt a bit intimidated. There was a lot of geeky language um, and things like that. And I just thought, no, people just need to be able to access photography and then make of it what they want because what's a perfect picture? It's whatever you like. There is no answer to that. Um, and so the course is aimed at people who perhaps have a camera perhaps want to buy a camera, perhaps they've been given a camera, perhaps they've inherited a camera, which I've had before now, uh, and they don't understand the manual, they don't want to read the manual, uh, and uh, I'll be sexist, but most blokes like me don't want to read the manual, um, yes. and equally, they're perhaps a bit intimidated because, you know, somebody will, you know, pretend that, um, you know, they know more about them and feel a bit elitist, and the idea is to just take people through the basic concepts of how photography works, any camera, um, and then give them the tools to learn them the skills afterwards. So you give them the building blocks during the day. We, we go through all the things that we have to talk about. Some are a bit technical, but we do it in an easy way. But what they go away with at the end of the day is a, is a set of guidelines to allow them to go out and practice and play with the camera and change the settings on it and have a go and develop their own style, their own like. It's not prescriptive. Too many photography courses are, this is what you do. You set the person there, you do this, yeah. No, because that's just sets of rules that don't actually exist. Yeah. Um, and my, my famous story, if I can diverse, and this sums it up really, I was in the Lake District and I was, I was going from one job to another. It was a lovely day and I saw a lovely little shot and I thought, oh, I'll grab that and I'll use that because sometime later in the year somebody say have you got a photograph of this particular lake or whatever and it, it'll be raining so it wasn't that day it was sunny so i thought i'll grab that shot and while i was doing it there was a, an, an old guy coming up the road towards me and he, i had a van at the time that said photography on it and everything so he came up to me and he had a lovely camera around his neck 
And he asked me what I was doing. I said, oh, I'm just doing this. I'm a professional photographer and I'm doing it. And he said, I'd love to take that photograph. And I said, well, why don't you? I said, you've got a perfectly good camera there. And he said, oh, no, my camera club wouldn't allow that uh, because it's a landscape shot with a building in it and you can't have a building in a landscape shot. And he genuinely believed that was a rule. Uh, and, I, and I was staggered. And I thought, that's wrong. People should enjoy yeah. cameras, whether it's, a, whether it's a phone camera or a little cheap compact camera or a really nice big expensive camera. It's all about having fun. So that's it. It's yeah. as simple as that. Give them the tools, give them a way of learning and teaching themselves and let them have fun. And we do have a bit of a laugh on the course as well, usually at my expense. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've made every mistake there is. My allotment group versus your allotments. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, about the course for business people because we're really yeah so so that's a that's a different slightly thing same the first part of the course is the same it, it just talks about it's aimed at people who perhaps they can't afford to have a photographer on site all the time which is a fair point or maybe they just need to be able to grab a photograph very quickly but nowadays putting photographs on your website that's how people get your get your identity, they, they, your brand comes from your image. Yeah. And you can destroy your own image accidentally just by putting out poor photography. And that seems such a shame when people have worked hard to make cakes or, um, you know, design a dress and then they put a photograph off and it just looks wrong. Yeah. And then people, you know, I've, I've seen hotels do their own photography and the curtain's been hanging off or the bed's not been made. I've seen, I've seen a Michelin-style restaurant put out photographs with J-cloths in the back of the scene. Wow. And you think it just damages your brand. Yeah. So yeah. the idea is, again, is just to run through the basics but to give people some guidance so that when they are taking their photographs for their own business, whether it's a celebrities come into the cafe or there's an Instagram moment or what, or they've got a new member of staff and they want to do a little press release or web release, they can just take a nice, competent, clean photograph that isn't going to damage the brand. Um and they're not going to fall foul of the law as well because there's all sorts of little minefields when when you're doing commercial photography. Yeah. You know, yes, which photography I know business, about very well. As you do, Helen. Yeah, so I'd arranged for Mark to come and take some photographs of Wachapur. And I didn't know any of this about the law and stuff like that. So it was totally my fault. And um, so I thought, you know, Croxteth Park, it's, it's a public park, so we'd be all right. So Mark brings all his gear down and we put racquetball and we, I thought, oh, I know, in front of Crocker's Park Hall, the house, because it's a nice setting and be lovely. And we literally put the racquetball base on the floor. And then I got a piece of chalk out to draw the course because it's all in it. And uh, I'd, I mean, our Joe and a couple of his mates were all there and stuff. And I'd said to everyone, oh, come and have a play, you know, and get your photographs in. And as I put the chalk on the floor, the security van goes around the corner. He's like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm just there uh, putting it. And he was like, oh, you can't put it. And I said, oh, I won't put chalk on. Anyway, they were like, have you got a license? And I was like, no, what do you need a license for? Anyway, I went off to speak. And um, yeah, there's a lot of, lot of complications. Um, and you need a license. And I think it's because you've got... I think if we'd have been somewhere else in the park and no one could have seen us, we'd have been all right because you've got the house in the background and you haven't got permission. And, mm. um, and it, it, you know, if they hadn't stopped us, they could have, and we'd have carried on with the shoot, they could have potentially come and taken our photographs off us, couldn't they, Mark? You know, yeah, um, and, and, and it was partly my fault. I'd take blame because like, maybe I should have checked with you first to see if we had the permissions, but but we sorted it. Um, but this is exactly it. They could. They could literally, you know, and if you've then gone and used that photograph and you've printed 10,000 leaflets, those 10,000 leaflets could go in the bin. If you've downloaded an image off um, the internet and put it on a leaflet, that's breach of copyright. People laugh about it. We've all done it. We've all done it. And we all do it. It's a bit like speeding. However, if you get caught, it can have massive consequences. Uh, a friend of mine was in Chicago and I got a phone call. Uh, it was about four o'clock in the afternoon in Chicago. It was about 10 o'clock in the lakes. And um, he'd basically downloaded a photograph of an iPhone and then used it on his trade stand. And as he was putting the trade stand up, ready to open a show in Chicago, the lawyers came around and slapped a letter on him and said he was going to have to pay a $10,000 fine if he didn't take that photograph off straight away. Um, as it was, he rang me, said, right, what can we do? So we re-photographed a phone without any logos on it got it sorted, emailed it over to Chicago and he got it reprinted overnight. But he was lucky. Wow. 
he was lucky. Otherwise, he'd have had a trade show uh, advertising his new apps and no pictures at all mm-hmm. to show it. So it does happen. I know a few people it's happened to. Um, I've also had somebody who downloaded a photograph from one of his competitors and used that to advertise his own business. I mean, it sounds wow. So it's things like that that we do on the course. We just cover the – to make sure that nobody wants to waste money in a business. It's hard work yeah. out there. And when are the next courses, Mark? When are um, these? So the next one for the sort of general photography course is on the 18th of September, and that's over at the Royal Hotel in Waterloo. So um, yeah. get, get your lunch and everything thrown in. We have a good laugh on a Saturday. It's an all-day one on a Saturday. And then the business one is on the 9th of October, Mm-hmm. And that's at the Pullman Hotel, another nice hotel down on the waterfront. And that's a Saturday, and that's an all day as well. So, brilliant. What's the 18th of September one called, Mark? Is it just photographs? It's photography learn, for, learn, learn photography in a day. And just type in this as we talk because I'm going to put this on uh, our page. Learn photography in a day. Places for that. Yeah, yeah, there's places on both those courses. And what's the October one, Mark? And the October one is is uh, business is photography for your business. And what date is that one? Because I've looked on that. 9th, 9th of October, and that's the full one. Of October. So both Saturdays. You know, you've got yeah. the pay of us on that, don't you? I know, I know. It's going to be a long day. I just thought we'd challenge you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start by asking you this and that questions in the morning. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've got it here as well, the link. I'm Business share... photography in a day, is that right? Yeah. I'm sharing yeah. the first one on our page. I've just put both of them. I've just put both of the, the dates up so people can have a little look. And Peter Lloyd's listening in. So Peter Lloyd was our guest who was um, the gardener. And he's put, yeah. evening guys, looking to forward to seeing you on Friday. So you must be coming to our meeting on Friday. Yeah, um, he's for me, Ah, right. Okay, brilliant. Um, and Peter's, you know, he, he's gardening and he had, you know, the successes, didn't he, you know, in um, with his garden show and things. Yeah. And photography can be for anything for your business, can't it, Mark? And we were talking about, especially, you know, like food and things. If you save an amazing food and then you use a rubbish picture of a sandwich or a, or something, just, mm. you know. And uh, yeah, lots absolutely. of places have them um, on vans, don't they? And they use... I remember you telling us about one particular image. I don't know whether it was a sandwich or something, and it been, I think, it, is it in um, the ones that you can just take off and it been used so many times, like millions of times? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, on, on Google, people search by images now. This is why images are so important. And um, if you think about it, if you use a stock photograph, that's a photograph that's been used by lots of people for lots of different things. If I search that image, I can see how many times it's been used. And I can do that very easily using using Google Chrome browser to tell me. And I can look at the other businesses. So if you imagine if you've got your own retail shop, as we did when we were selling teddy bears, if I had a picture of a Scythe bear and somebody wanted to compare prices, all they had to do was click on that picture on my website and it could bring up all the other sites that had that photograph and they could see all my competitors' shops. Wow. So we didn't use Scythe photographs. We did our own um, and it made a massive competitive advantage because, first of all, we were able to put our bit of a, sh- uh, a slant on the photographs to make them a bit more relevant to the buyer. Uh, and I know that sounds a bit weird, but it's all back to the storytelling. Um, and secondly, it meant that we, when you searched our images, it only showed our shop. It didn't show all of our competitors' shops. Uh, whereas the Stife images, I'm, I'm sitting on criticism of Stife. Stife are an amazing company and they do amazing photographs. They're brilliant photographs. But the problem with that is you're still just lining yourself up with all your competitors. Yeah. And and, and if that's what you want to do, fine. But I'd like to try and be differentiate myself from everyone else. And and people, yeah, Peter's business is a good, great example. Unique product, you know, what he does, the gardens and so on, they're all unique. So why not shout about it from the rooftop? Why would you just put a stock image of, you know, Alan yeah. Titchmarty's garden on there? Because it's not yeah. yours. Yeah, absolutely. Which is amazing, isn't it? And it's all those little hints and tips and things like that, yeah. um, which, you know, you look at a photo and think, oh, that's good, isn't it? Or, you know, something. And then, you know, you can see how many times it's been downloaded, how many times it's been used. And you think, well, is that really your sandwich or is that really your cake? Because it's not, yeah. you know. And you were saying before that, you you know, images people buy with their eyes don't they you know and, yeah um, and the, the, everybody has heard the phrase a picture's worth a thousand words yeah and the latest research is it's actually nearer to sixty thousand words 
Um, it's that potent. Our eyes are the most dominant sense, and um, we scan images thousands a second, thousands of them a second, and we're forming judgments all the time based on those yeah. images, and we don't even know we're doing it. So it's really, I mean, it, it's absolutely crazy. But, you know, I, as I say, I've, I've been to a hotel. I've stayed in this hotel, four-star hotel, lovely hotel. But they put images up and all the sheets were creased. <laughs> and and you just think, well, if that's their level of care, yeah, yeah. what does that say about, the, you know, what's it going to be like when I get there? Um, yeah, yeah. And it's nonsense. I know it's nonsense, but I still looked at it and thought, mm, I'm not so sure. And that's yeah. the, that's the danger, and it's not it's not done. You know, people. It's just people do it without appreciating the the effect it has on your potential buyers and your customers. And it's making and Instagrammable, them aware isn't it? Everything's yeah. Instagrammable now, isn't it? So you know, yeah. Instagram because it's um, all about the picture first, isn't it? You know, on the social media, um, and so lots of businesses are becoming Instagrammable, aren't they? You know, so they are having more photographs and things you know and, and, and as mark you know as you're saying the, the the photographs show what the business is about and everything like yeah, that yeah, isn't yeah. it you know and, and it's not i'm not i'm not for one minute saying you have to get a professional in to do this what i'm saying is look you're missing your trick if you're going to do your own that's fine but just be aware of some of the things that can make your life easier a bit like diy at home isn't it you know you'd, you'd be a fool not to take a few professional tips on how to hang wallpaper or or okay. how to wire a wire a plug if, if they were going in it and it's that it's that approach i'm not not saying that uh, you're going to pick everything up in a day you won't but you'll be able to avoid the nine or ten most common mistakes that people make which is brilliant and i'm really really looking forward to the course and i think sandra and i are going to have a ball on that course yeah, I can't wait, you know, i'm really looking forward i just to think it. it's going to be a very long day now <laughs> okay so we've learned a lot about mark and we're going to motor on okay um so we've put the dates up of the courses and you can i, I would thoroughly say to everybody go on to vardu media um, and check out um the photograph every day um, and it's on his instagram as well amazing amazing photographs um, so, you know, for your first course on the page and i'll do the second one after as well Thank brilliant you. red face anything happened to you this week san because I know that Jason only yeah. listened in to hear your red face moment. Yeah, so a bad red face has happened, Ooh. which I'm embarrassed about, yeah. So, but frustrated as well hearing Mark's allotment tale. So everyone knows I was ecstatic to get the allotment. I hope poor Jason as well, he gave me loads of tips. And um, so basically, Mark, I had a letter from the allotment people. And as you know, I got my gorgeous friend, Bev Hogan, and her husband, Simon, helped massively. And I said, can you do half? Because I'm struggling. Because I had loads going on. My mum's had surgery this summer. Everything. That I'm moving. We move premises. Everything. So they've been amazing. They have it, like, manicured, whereas I just wanted to grow vegetables, you know. And um, when I went to see my brother's allotment in Dundee, I thought, yes, that's more what I'd like mine to be like. Anyway, I had a letter. And they said that you're not allowed to let a helper do 50% of the allotment. And they said that I had. And um, they weren't very impressed and all the rest of it. <laughs> so <laughs> they said that they gave me a period of time to improve it or they'd be asking me to leave. So I voted not to improve it. <laughs> um, but I wanted Bev to have it because she's put so much effort. And they said, oh, you're not allowed to do that. There's a big waiting list, etc." The politics are unbelievable. It wasn't really a big waiting list because I got it in four months. So that's a nonsense. Anyway, I've Bev very kindly took my key back. Oh, yeah. And, well, on a positive note, I've got a refund of 35 quid for the key, but not for the allotment. Meanwhile, I've got all these onions there. So Bev's going to dig, dig all of them up for me. Sure, Pierre. And green beans. And my beetroot and carrots. Although my tomatoes and courgettes died because I planted them too soon and it flooded. So fortunately where I'm moving to, I have got a garden, a bit more space. So I'm going to grow them there and I've got all my tubs and everything now. My garden was amazing with all my flowers and everything. It was lovely. So um, I'm fuming over it to be honest. But there we go. So I was livid when you were talking about yours. And when I tell everyone about the allotment people where I am, they'll say, 
they sound awful and they're really and they do inspections with clipboards every weekend and everything it's a bit oh, it's like get over yourself isn't it if that's all you've got to do is walk around they're like wow. the same people who write into the bbc to complain i think oh I know. i'm not naming the allotment site but i would just swear a bit near so i had to go with that um i think i started you've done it I've done it well i'll You've do got it, it out of your system when i'm retired so you need we... to be retired yeah or like mark and don't go for 40 days and still get a crop yeah bev lives down the end of the road and just walk along to it so that was a bit embarrassing really also i completely covered myself in paint today when i was decorating but that's normal that's what i do so yeah what about you helen um no i'm you know what I, i'm doing good you know fine <laughs> I'm doing good. It's because I'm not really, you know, I'm still seeing people, but not as much as um, I normally did. I haven't really sort of been anywhere to jump out and jump oh, on Sent a glass flying. I went for a coffee this morning, knocked a glass off the table, smashed into smithereens. And the person who, who I was with said, Oh, leave that. You'll cut yourself. And I went, No, I'll be fine. I don't want the girl to have to do it. Picked it up, cut myself. Cut yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I know, yeah. But there we what go. about you, Mark? Embarrassing things. I'm sure there's not anything happened to you this particular week. Um, this particular week. <laughs> no, not not for a little while. I think the most embarrassing I had in recent months was I turned up for a photography shoot, and I throw my camera bag in the in the car as I usually do. Don't treat it very well. And I got out. I must have been feeling really strong because I just kind of flew in the car, no problem. I got there, opened the camera bag when I got to the shoot, and there was no camera. <gasps> completely empty bag. I'd forgotten to change the camera bag till that wasn't too long ago. And and in panic, I literally had the bag above my head and I was shaking it to see if there was a camera in there. <laughs> there must be one. <laughs> I was in such denial. So I had to come back and get the camera. So that was a bit embarrassing. Oh, I've done worse. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we're all doing. Um, shout out to the grown-ups. Any grown-ups that we want to shout out to. So I'm going to give a shout out to the Inclusive Hub, which is a boxing group, um, and they've done amazing things. They, you know, they they, they encourage all kids um, to all go to the box, and they've done a summer camp, and they've had something like 260 kids, and they fed um fed loads of kids and stuff and just being absolutely brilliant um and so to everyone who's put um a holiday camp on and fed the kids over over the summer holidays yeah. um, big big shout out to all the grown-ups um any other grown-ups for you san yeah our for others who finished as i said all their work with the kids this week they've just been amazing what they've done for those children and then i've got a client anna moglione well she says moglione but she's italian so it's moglione who does italian with me actually and um she wanted to move her lesson with me today because she's been uh, helping all these children who've come over uh, from Afghanistan and so on. She just said she was heartbroken, absolutely yeah. heartbroken. All 200 children come over without any parents. That's, it's just horrible, isn't unbelievable, it? isn't it? Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. So her because she's amazing and she's coming Saturday morning instead. So good for her. Brilliant. Well done to it. Um, Mark, any, any grown-ups, any, any big people who've done amazing things? Yeah, I think it's a generic one. I think it's, we mentioned it earlier at the top of the show. I'd like, to, I'd like to just put a mention out to those guys in hospitality, the people who've worked. There's so many people in hospitality over the last 12, yeah. 18 months who, when they've had nothing, they've been out cooking, serving yeah. food to people, delivering yeah. to people, or sort of to one the other day. And they don't, want, they don't want praise. They don't want any mention of it. Yeah. But but it needs recording. They you know they've done some of them have done amazing things off the back. They've had to adapt, change the business, yeah. Um, yeah. And and you know from top to bottom that industry is has it's not just sat there wallowing, being miserable yeah. for itself. And I think they just deserve a bit of a mention. And it's good that they they're do. getting busy again. Yeah. So that's I mean, my shout. You know amazing. we had we had all the everyone had like. I had seats booked in a restaurant for at Luban for New Year's Eve. I was taking my son, and then they got at the New Year's Eve. It yeah. just got cancelled like that. And um, within twenty, within like twelve hours, I had an email: Do you want a refund? Do you want food delivered to your house that you cook yourself, yeah. or do you want this? And I just thought, how good's that? Yeah. And, they, and it was they were just amazing what they did. They've had such a bad time, you know. But there yeah, we go. Yeah. 
Okay, we've got like 30 seconds left. So we're going to quickly, quickly do a positive challenge, Mark. We've just talked about it quickly. Yeah, so if you're into your camera, if you've got a camera, it doesn't matter what type of camera it is, go out and record your local community. Something that's going on, a project, maybe a house that's being demolished or something that's being changed or a garden project that somebody's doing, just go and make a record of everyday events in your village, in your street, in your town, wherever you are. Just grab a camera and record something, not a family picture, um, and, and keep it. Keep it because in years, years to come, those will be museum pieces. Brilliant. So my Uncle Ron's listening in and my Uncle Ron says National Museums of Liverpool should have an exhibition of the lockdown photos at one of their galleries. And I, I totally agree. And, and and I think Mark, you know, the 365 days would, would be an amazing name project for that. So time is up, but Mark is going to give us his closing quote of what he lives by. Yeah, so a simple quote treats success and failure as equal imposters. If you're feeling successful and positive, doesn't mean you're any better than anyone else. And yeah. if you're down and feel like you're losing, and we're all in the same boat. They're both equal imposters. Just keep going every day. You get that. Amazing. Better. I love that. Thank well, you so, so much for your time today, Mark. And thank you, San, for joining in. And we will see everybody next week. Thank you. And we will end the.